Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 264 of Lean Blog Audio, a podcast series where I do audiobook style readings of blog posts. You can subscribe to that. You can learn more by going to leanblog.org slash audio. And today I'm doing like I do occasionally. I'm actually posting a video on YouTube. You can find my YouTube channel by searching there for M. Graven, or if you search for Mark Graven, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, so whether you're listening or watching, uh, thank you for doing so. You can find a link to the blog post and the different things I've linked to today by going to leanblog.org slash audio 264. So today's blog post is titled Toyota as, quote, a people development company. Now, when I had the chance to go to Toyota and, and well, when I had the chance to go to Japan last October with Hansha, there was a big focus on what the former Toyota people from Hansha kept referring to as a development company. The meaning was that Toyota and companies with similar performance focus first and foremost on developing people. Now, many companies try to copy lean tools or practices, but they don't have the mindset of a development company. You know, it makes you wonder, is that why these organizations struggle with lean and sometimes give up? You know, can organizations shift from viewing employees as a cost and a short-term cost at that, and instead view them as a long-term asset that can appreciate over time? Now, in our very first orientation discussion on the trip, Poncha's uh, Barry McCarthy used the term development system. Now, he didn't mean the Toyota product development system. He meant their people development system. And Barry would know because he was a longtime manufacturing and HR manager for Toyota in Australia. Uh, if you're looking at the blog post or watching the video, you see Barry pictured uh, there at right with the other former Toyota people who work in the Hansha consulting firm. Now, I should say Barry and the others were part of HRD because Toyota calls that department human resources development, which I, I think that really says a lot. And in the blog post, I've shared a Toyota PDF document about HRD. There's a couple of quotes from the Toyota document. One is a quote from E.G. Toyota. Because people make our automobiles, nothing gets started until we train and educate our people. The document adds another quote. Toyota seeks to develop human resources through the activity of making things. The document also says, in October 2002, Toyota created the booklet titled Toyota Developing People and distributed it to all associates to create a common understanding that the source of Toyota's competitiveness is human resources development and to promote the creation of workplaces where personnel development takes place at all sites and at all levels. Now, this idea kept coming up over and over during our week in Japan. The very best organizations that we visited got the praise of being a development company. On the unfortunate flip side, how many organizations around the world are just using employees instead of developing them? I love to get up on a soapbox about this, but why do hospitals send nurses home early, and I've blogged about this a lot, instead of investing in them and developing them through training and continuous improvement activities? I mean, shouldn't Hospitals be development organizations? Do the best performing and most improving health systems merit that label? Now back to Toyota, I've often heard that they place this priority on the outcomes of improvement activity, whether you call it Kaizen or, or something else. First, people development. Second, the improvement itself. 
Now, I've heard it said that an improvement effort that results in learning, but not actual measurable improvement, is not a failure because people were developed. They learned something. Does that mean Toyota doesn't care about results? Well, no, of course. Toyota cares about results, but they get better results over time through the emphasis on people development. Now, during the week, Barry uh, and I talked about the sad process of Toyota shutting down its manufacturing plants in Australia. But before you criticize Toyota for that, realize that the other automakers had also pulled out of Australia, I think, deciding that it was more cost effective to import cars than it was to build them there. With the industry hollowed out, Toyota alone couldn't support the base of suppliers. They decided to leave too. But Barry talked about Toyota's commitment to developing people up until the very end of production. They wanted the last car ever built to be the best one they ever made. That meant, of course, treating employees more than fairly. It meant treating them well. Toyota paid for career development for people to pursue new careers, including those who were going to become healthcare providers and at least one who was going to become a commercial pilot. Toyota wasn't just kicking people to the curb, or however they might say that, they might have a colorful expression for this. But Toyota was uh, really um, continuing to develop and invest in people. There, there's an article that I linked to in the blog post that had a headline, oh, what a feeling for 2,700 axed Toyota workers. And I think the oh, what a feeling Toyota ads, that's, that goes back maybe to the 80s or the 90s. That's, that's kind of an old reference for the headline. But anyway, it says in the, on, in the article, Toyota says more than 2,200 employees have taken part in its job skills training program, which will continue for six months after manufacturing stops. It says, quote, uh, the company says, many employees have taken the opportunity to develop their skills to start their own small business in areas as varied as nutrition, landscaping, brewing, and photography. Now, the article also talks about a Toyota supplier where, unfortunately, the employees weren't getting much advance notice about their futures. It sounded like they might just get fired with minimal notice. Was that not a development company? Toyota would certainly have an interest in their suppliers also being development companies, since that means they would perform better for Toyota over the long term. You know, we visited some Toyota suppliers in Japan who definitely seemed like development companies. Now, Barry also talked about how not all Japanese companies are people development companies. I've learned in previous trips that lean is not the default culture or mode of operating in Japan. When people say things like, oh, this would be easier if we were Japanese, I, I don't think that's really true. Toyota has worked really hard to create their culture, a culture that many try to emulate as a quote unquote lean culture. So I've written about this as has Katie Anderson. I've linked to the blog posts. Um, on my blog and on her website. Again, if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 264, you can read those. Now, as a final resource on HRD at Toyota, here's a journal article I've linked to by Jeff Liker and Mike Hoseas. It's titled Human Resource Development in Toyota Culture. And you can read the full PDF uh, for free online. As the HRD name would suggest, that group plays a big role in developing the human resources of the company. Not just because it's nice or because it's respectful, but because it's good for Toyota. It says, the Toyota way views the way team members are developed as the key competitive competency of the company. Key competitive competency is uh, a tongue twister, sorry. 
Liker and Hoseas write also about how many companies try to copy lean tools or have a program with a handful of improvement experts doing the improvement. But what really matters is the culture as they explain, and there's a longer excerpt here. The implication of this philosophy of management is quite profound. If TPS or what we now call lean is intended to surface problems and people serve the function of problem detectors and problem solvers, certain conditions are necessary. One, there must be a standard so team members can recognize deviations as problems. Two, team members must be well-trained to understand the standards. Three, team members cannot fear that exposing a problem will get them in trouble or lead to job loss. Four, team members must be trained in problem-solving methods. Five, team members must be motivated to help the company achieve its goals. Now I'll add, I mean, maybe the way that's worded, you might say team members need to have intrinsic motivation. And, and I think that's the result of the way uh, they're being treated in the workplace. Management can't force people to be motivated. That's not real motivation. So there's gotta be alignment around people's goals and the company's goals. So you know, a company having a 5S program or a Lean Six Sigma program that doesn't address those cultural factors, those five things and more, well, why would they expect to get the results that Toyota gets? So as a, a disclosure here, as I mentioned in the blog post, I was invited to participate in the week's tour by Hansha in exchange for some facilitation support and writing about the trip. I covered my own travel to and from Japan. All posts about the tour are my own, my own opinions and are not reviewed or approved by Hansha. And again, I, I really do thank them for allowing me to come along. There's been a lot of really good discussion on LinkedIn already including a comment from Joshua Sanchez, who worked at Toyota, and he wrote, when I was going through the training to become a quality circle leader at Toyota, the first question the trainer asked was, what is the purpose of quality circles? The responses I think, from the people being trained were things like to make things better, to save money, to eliminate waste. The trainer acknowledged that all of those things were nice, but they were byproducts. The true reason Toyota had quality circles was to develop their people. It was a concept that I've yet to see replicated. Uh, on the blog, Mike Sporer commented, people forget that lean is a mindset, not a set of tools. I would add sometimes people are never really taught this the mindset, they're taught the tools. In America, we look for who to blame rather than processes, great article. So I added, you know, blame is not really, uh, it's not just an American problem, sadly. I, I saw an article from Singapore yesterday, the headline read, 18 staff disciplined after human error at TTSH, a hospital, put patients at risk of infection. Well, that sounds like it was an ongoing systemic problem for a period of time, yet the hospital's reaction is to impose, quote, warnings and impose financial penalties against the 18 staff for the lapse. They call it human error, but it sounds like a bad system to me. You know, I had a chance to see an advanced showing of an upcoming patient safety documentary. It's called To Err is Human. Well, one medical expert in the, in the film said that all humans are prone to error. So because of that, we need to design systems that protect patients from error. They said zero error is impossible, but we can work towards zero harm by having robust systems. Now, I don't know if the Singapore hospital issue involved poor training, poor visual management, a lack of checklist, poor supervision or what, but those sound like system issues to me. We can go back to the five points from the Toyota article. I'm not sure 
I wonder if all five of these conditions were true in that hospital in Singapore or in the hospital you work in or the hospital where you might be a patient. So I think that's part of the call to action for healthcare to improve. Patients are not cars, but we can certainly learn from Toyota and their management system and their people development system. So again, if you'd like to read the post, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 264. I want to thank you for listening or watching and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next time.